polish their silverware and put on your nice shoes because we're off to Downton Abbey alongside some hustlers and a particularly scowly Henry Cavill. I'm Van Connor. And I'm Bex Perfect. And this is Off Screen. Your ultimate seven day guide to everything movies. Boom. Welcome, bienvenue, and hello, darlings, because today we are feeling incredibly posh, because both Van and myself have been watching Downton Abbey, the movie, last night, and we can't wait to talk to you all about it. Indubitably. (laughs) But we're not going to start there this week. We are going to start with probably one of my favourite films of the year so far, which is also one of my biggest surprises of the year so far as well. Same, same, totally same. I know, this is incredible. It's quite a week for movies. We're going to start this week with Hustlers. This is the uh, big movie that most people have actually been talking about. It's coming out this weekend. Uh, It's inspired by a New York magazine article that went viral. It stars Jennifer Lopez and Constance Wu, and they lead an absolutely stellar cast who play former strip club employees that band together to turn tables on their Wall Street clients. These guys, they don't want to be written about on page six. They come through the back. They take the private elevator to the one room without cameras. And they don't leave till they spend $10,000, $15,000 in one night. They can be degrading, possessive, aggressive, violent. And they never get in any trouble. Because everyone's willing to cover their tracks. Because deep down, they all want what they got. They all want to be on top. Where there are no consequences. You're just another deal to them. And that's all they are to you. It's business, and it's a more honest transaction than anything else they did that day. Let's start with that lady in question. This is Miss Jennifer Lopez, fabulous at 50. I mean, even beyond fabulous at 50. She'd be fabulous. She looks more like a fabulous 25-year-old in this movie. 50 seems to be the magic number this week as well, because there's been a popular meme doing the rounds of Jennifer Aniston at 50 as well. And so... Yeah, I, I guess 50 is the new 40. It, um, and the new 30 and the new 20. And exactly, yeah, <laughs> in every sense. And you know what? JLo still got it. So much oh. so. She, I had a friend who texted me after the screening and was like, she has and always will be my ultimate girl crush. <laughs> <laughs> and I can totally see why. So listen, if you ever wanted to wonder what Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Lopez is like as a stripper... She gives the most amazing pole dance just once in this film, but once is enough. enough. Yeah, Yeah. That was the thing as well. I mean, okay, so first of all, best performance I've seen Jennifer Lopez give since Selena in, what was that, like 97? 95, 95, yeah. Wow, okay. I think it's 95. It feels like a 95 movie. It does about then, doesn't it? (laughs) I remember Money Train was that year as well. Oh, wowzers. She had a love triangle with Wesley Snipes and Woody Maybe it was earlier. Maybe it was 92. Who knows? We're just getting old as well. Yeah. She's like cemented herself as like a legend now with this film because she just still got it that's the thing though if this were not a a true story which uh, it does say bizarrely close very close in fact to the actual article yeah said in the article i think i sent you as well yeah um if if this were not a true story you would swear this had been crafted as a jennifer lopez vehicle because it does feel specifically precision crafted for yeah, J-Lo. 100%. But also, uh, the character of Destiny, who is uh, Constance Wu plays, and if you don't know who Constance Wu is, she was uh, the lead in uh, Crazy, Crazy Rich, Rich Asians, Asians, which is one of my favourite films as well. Um, but she um, was, uh, well, the real Destiny mm. sort of 
knew that this art she's very savvy she knew that this this article or interview would go viral mm. which is pro- or would would have kind of weight to it or movie style qualities to it which is why i think we you don't see in the movie how the deal was approached in which that she went to go and speak to the journalist about this you just know that it happened but i'm pretty sure she constructed that in a way to know what that's going to do for her because oh, yeah. this is all about savvy women at the it end really of the day it, it had for me it had to be, I think you compared it to a heist movie well yeah in a way I mean for me this movie is so much more than just a light hearted comedy that I thought it would be in the mm. first instance this is very funny it's an empowering story of women taking matters into their own hands it's a commentary on the society at the time but it's also like a Robin Hood uh, story as well very much I, I compared it to War Dogs as yeah well. I <laughs> you think... called it something else War Dogs <laughs> 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 but something like War Dogs uh, maybe even a little bit of Goodfellas at times Do you know what I also would throw in Wolf of Wall Street yep. mm-hmm. uh, Ocean Eleven as well, the slickness of it. There's yeah. some definite homages to Scorsese in this, to the look and feel of like those those gangster movies that we love mm. and are iconic. But it doesn't ever, it doesn't ever really particularly feel as dark and unpleasant no. as your average gangster movie would. No, and that's one thing I found very refreshing about it. It stayed, even though it was dealing with some quite dark moments, stayed relatively quite upbeat about it. It was quite bright and colourful and fun. Yeah, and you know what? I I also think I think there are some links in terms of format and style to stuff something like The Big Short. Yes, um, there's oh, yeah. definitely that kind of feel. So it's a clever comedy in that respect. Um, there are some definite laugh out loud moments in oh, this. I God, think yeah. Jennifer Lopez on the roof of the strip club in her furs. I mean, it's so <laughs> climbing my fur. Yeah, climbing <laughs> my fur. That was weird. Um, but it was um, it was almost like back to her P Diddy days, you know? Yeah, yeah. She was going a bit baller at times. Yeah, she, she really yeah. was. But this movie, I mean. It shows how women deal with the role of being strippers, how after the financial crash of 2008, so what you've got is this kind of arc of them having the absolute high life, Mm. um, making a a ton of money as strippers, playing the game in the traditional format of stripping, I suppose. And then the crash happens, their clientele is wiped out, and they've got to think outside the box as to how they're going to make the money. And that's where it becomes so interesting. It it just sparks to life at that moment. I mean, because it's engaging already, but when it gets to that, this is sparked to a whole other level. Uh, the one thing I thought the cast in it the cast were absolutely Excellent. terrific um, I, will I have be a qualm honest. with the cast as go well. on what is yours well it's Cardi B well I thought she was Nicki Minaj for the entirety of this movie <laughs> this is how out of touch I am I thought Cardi B was Nicki Minaj <laughs> I also thought given that she's on the poster and also sort of headli- headlined as one of the key cast members she'd have more than a line mm. in this movie yeah there is that also Lizzo not much of a role no, yeah. okay. I think I got a bit confused between Cardi B and Lizzo, actually, in all this. Oh, no, no. Cardi B is the, the lady who just looks like Nicki Minaj. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But they were all like, you know, I mean, they're all pretty naked in this. It's all very, it's confusing. That was something I found very interesting as well. This film was con- constructed in such a way that J-Lo and Constance Wu give several lap dancers, pole dancers, etc. And the intricate attention to detail that's been put in there to disguise any possible nudity is downright genius. Yes, it's Absolutely. the power of, um, I suppose, suggestion. suggestion, anticipation, and it's building you up to just sort of cut you away from it, but it keeps you intrigued. But good good supporting cast, though, otherwise. Yes. I would say I quite like the likes of Julia Stiles is in there. Yeah, I, as the journalist uh, from the New York Times. Yeah, and uh, who else have we got in there? Oh, Reese Coro turns up, Frank Wally's got a cameo. Mercedes Rule, in a movie. I haven't seen Mercedes Rule. Yeah, Lily, Lily Reinhardt, so Riverdale fans. She plays, she plays like, a kind of a link to Betty in, re- in um, there's there's an element of her getting slightly typecast but it really works in mm. this but then suddenly she goes down a more sluttier route and you're a bit like oh right okay so that's if Betty from Riverdale was slightly 
slightly slutty, this is what would happen. I, I'll be honest, Lily Reinhardt could absolutely get me watching Riverdale. I've never watched an episode of Riverdale in my life. Oh, I love Riverdale. I might now. I've seen yes. all the Sabrinas, but never the, the Riverdale. No, I give the Riverdale to go. I, I shall. So, Hustlers, I mean, I had just a ball with it. I thought it was yeah. absolutely brilliant. So, it looks great. The storyline holds up. The narrative is well written. The characters are great. The acting is excellent. I love the fact that Constance Wu is leading this film because I think mm. it's kind of in itself. It's an Asian lady, an Asian actress who is like above Jennifer Lopez in this. Yeah, her name is, well, her name isn't above, the, above Jailers, I think, in the title, but the stature of her role is permanently yes. so. Yes, who, who needs a credit sequence when you've got the stature <laughs> of the role? <laughs> exactly. In my mind, she was ruling it because it's her story. It's, it's Destiny's story. In, in, the, in the sort of format of the show. Right, let's ask, I've got to ask the question, because there is a cameo in this. There is a celebrity cameo in this film, a popular R&B singer. Yes. Does turn up, and it does appear that he is playing himself. Is it him? Because I think it is. I think it is. I, they've either got the world's best lookalike, yeah. or that's really that popular R&B I, singer. I don't think you can emulate his smile and his no. making it rain with all those one dollar bills, y'all. No, not at all. <laughs> And, you know, and I tell you, still one of the best dressed men in music. I know. Still. I know you can see why the girls go gaga in the dressing room before <laughs> they go in. Uh, listen, guys, if you are thinking, what am I going to go and watch this weekend? You're going to have some good choices anyway. But top of your list should absolutely be Hustlers. Do not take the trailer as gospel on God, this. no, no. Because you would not. not anticipate how good a film this is. This is creeping up there to be one of my favourite films of the year so far. Question for you before we before we rate it. Uh, in terms of target demographic for audiences, do you think this plays equally well to men and women? Do you know what? As a girl, I, I was kind of going, you go, girlfriends, you do this. <laughs> and then I'm kind of like, that's a little bit wrong, but you, I, I see where you're going with that. And so I was all for uh, it. Like I say, it's about empowerment of women, taking matters into their own hands. It's again, it's looking at the society of the times. Yeah. And you know what? It is not something you should follow <laughs> but it's definitely something you should watch not advice for life is it? <laughs> no. so thumbs up thumbs down from you what you got massive thumbs up if I was giving this on a five star rating it would be so close at four and a half uh, same from me absolutely and I, you know, I'm impressed you, you enjoyed it as much I as you did I loved it Leading into our second film, you can see a change of voice in here. <laughs> and there's an absolutely good reason for doing this and having a bit of a clipped British accent. Because, I have to say, I was not expecting this to be good. But Downton Abbey, the movie, something that I have never seen a single episode of this series between 2010 and 2015 ever before, is also has something that is a bugbear of mine. It's described on the poster as the cinematic event of the year, which <laughs> automatically makes me go, groan, whatever. I mean, this year had Endgame, John Wick, Three I mean, it was Hobbs a, it, and Shaw. It's a punchy strapline, right? Yeah. <laughs> but this, for Downton Abbey fans, you always knew you'd be delighted to see the much-loved continuation and saga of the Crawley family and also their servants who think, work wait, wait, for hang them. On, what family? The Crawley family. I think, I call, I've been calling them the Granthams because he's Lord Grantham, isn't he? He is, but I think his, his name is... Oh I, I, oh, I don't know. I've well, got, okay, uh, all right. This is what I've been told via Google. <laughs> I literally have the movie to go on. I, I, I don't have... The, I, yeah, I think it's far too com- com- aristocratic and complicated for us. Anyway, describe the Granthams, the Qualities, whatever you call them. They're there the, the on down, the screen. The Downtonies. It's the same guys that were in the TV yeah. show. They're now on the big screen. You get it. And they're basically, in this movie version, the whole household is kind of in disarray and waiting and preparing for the arrival of some very special royal guests. Does Miss Smith know the truth? Yes, she does. 
When I get home, I will hire another maid, and Lucy can be my companion. But that's much more suitable. And I'm afraid you'll dislike it, but she says that she and Tom Branson have agreed to correspond. <laughs> dislike it? I will lick the stones myself. <laughs> You are amazing, Violet. You haven't won, you know. I don't believe in defeat. No, you don't, Maggie Smith. You are winning in every single way, shape and form in this movie. I think pretty much everyone that came out of this came with the same impression of Penelope Wilton and uh, Maggie Smith own this. Absolutely, 100% they own this show. Um, But also, what I found so clever about this is that every single character, and there are a lot of characters here, this kind of upstairs, downstairs... They all have an individual mini storyline about themselves and that is all explored effortlessly throughout this movie. And the movie is what, two hours, three minutes long? I guess literally a minute longer than Ad Astra and feels about half the length. Let's let calm we'll yourself, that. calm we'll yourself, man. <laughs> um, I will say, I mean, I, having only ever seen two episodes of the series, I've seen the very first two episodes of Downton Abbey. That's it. And yeah. I saw that like those three years ago, say. Uh, I, don't, I don't have a wealth of knowledge. As someone who doesn't know the franchise, it, it didn't feel as bad an exercise for me as I would imagine seeing, say, The X-Files Fight the Future or Serenity would be if you hadn't seen the TV shows that started those. Yeah, I mean, that was the biggest concern for me because I've not even seen one episode of this. And I went in there very quickly picking up who the characters were. The only backstory I didn't get was Tom Branson's wife. Who, same. Yeah, yes, exactly who the same. had passed away seven years ago. We were like, well, I don't know who we she is. We didn't know. I thought he was married to one of the other actresses that was in it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that was a little bit confusing for me but you know you can forgive it for that because you get you've got your stereotypical um, character though you've got the lord of the manor you've got the matriarch in Dame Maggie Smith you've got the scullery maids you've got you know the chefs downstairs the butlers all that kind of stuff it's all pretty obvious the one thing I, I couldn't wrap my head around is I, I, I based bear, bear in mind, I only have the movie to base this on really was Elizabeth McGovern always this terrible in the series? Because she is by far the weakest link. She's the the the, the lady of the manor, isn't she? The, well, the American. Lady. Yes. Really? I thought she was all right. I thought she was sweet. Mm. Do you know what? It's I'm being I'm being blinded by how much I enjoyed this. In, there have to be some flaws to it. I, I, I did pick one or two. One of them is uh, I think the script very early on is played a little bit woodenly, but it's funny enough to pull it off. Yeah. Uh, there is also a noticeable dividing line. It's like you say, it's two hours three minutes. Yeah. There's an almost noticeable dividing line at the exact halfway mark that feels like it's been constructed for when this needs to be chopped down for say a TV broadcast or oh I didn't really notice that I was so immersed in it (laughs) I will say as well I think any movie with the exception of Jupiter Ascending is at least 30% better with Tuppence Middleton in it I know and you told me this as soon as we saw the the shot of the poster on the screen you were like that is Tuppence Middleton and I love her and I was like okay whatever she's great yeah she was great in this but the great thing I, I think the thing that really does so well with this movie is is the screenplay it's Julian Fellows has written this he obviously wrote this series it's why it's so popular and I kind of now see it Mm. it is such quick sharp wit jesting jives and the camera work supports it very well so you can have a whole group of people sat around uh, on two sofas having a conversation which sounds dull as anything but no it really works and also the other thing that I, I cannot believe works as a film sort of through line everyone's really nice yeah there is that I will say though about what you were saying about the camera work and everything yeah. because we had the discussion before we started watching about who had directed it Yeah. and I'm sure there's no one no one really known and we looked it up and it's yeah. this guy Michael Engler who directed like, I think it was the last season of it uh, obviously it's written by Julian Fellows as you point out as well and of the two examples I 
I named of TV shows becoming movies, which are X-Files and Serenity, uh, this would be closer to the X-Files side of that equation, where there is obviously a core cast, a team, a director, and a writer, and a producer, who have all come from the series, so it looks and feels exactly in line with the series, rather than, say, Serenity, where it suddenly becomes a lot more cinematic. Yeah. Uh, if you know and love the feel of the series, I would imagine you could have gone good stead here. And I'm sure you were pretty much in the audience that was sat there with us last night. There were lots of like mini Ooh. claps and people going, oh my goodness, it's them. Proper, <laughs> proper fangirling and ass There was so wow. much. And, and both Van and myself were sat there very <laughs> sceptically at the beginning going, oh my God, they're going to be talking all the way through this. I hate it. But anyway, there is no hate for this movie. It is the biggest surprise that mm. how good it is. If you haven't seen Downton, we would definitely say go and watch it. If you now have seen, well, if you go and see the movie, you're probably going to want to watch the series. I am now. I'm going yeah. to binge the hell out of I it. I know, I know, right? So what are you rating it, Van? Uh, two thumbs up from me. Yeah, absolutely. What a strong week. Two thumbs up from I, me, I too. Know, we're doing so well. Okay, I've got, I'm going to bring the tone down a bit. Oh, now. I knew you would. Sorry. All right, so there's a movie out. It's called Night Hunter. <laughs> Listen to the tone in your voice. It stars Henry Cavill, Cavill, oh, whatever you want to call him. He, of formerly of Midsummer Murders fame. And, uh, <laughs> is that how you're going to yeah, describe it? And responsible for murdering the Superman franchise. Uh, I'm kidding. He's fine in Superman. The movies are not. Um, fine. Yeah. Uh, he, he plays um, a law enforcement agent. I think he's FBI detective, something like that. Oh, he, he, he wears a lot of jumpers and scowls a lot with his beard. <laughs> uh, he doesn't make a whole heap of sense. He's inexplicably British. It's never explained. Um, and he's, his, his, his partner is Alexandra Daddario. They are assigned a case that involves a vigilante played by Ben Kingsley who uses a teen girl accomplice to bait paedophiles into uh, a situation where they can be drugged, tied up, tortured, have their bank accounts depleted, basically the opening of the girl in the spider's web. Uh, then there's another another suspected paedophile. There's, a, there's the accomplice goes missing. There's all sorts. There's, there's a, a guy with multiple personalities. It doesn't make any sense. It looks like it has been shot very decidedly on the cheap. It's one of those films that you look at the cast list and just think, okay, every one of these guys got 50 grand in a week in Toronto. That's what happened, <laughs> right? Henry Cavill clearly wanted a new house in Kent and thought, uh, this will pay for like a fifth of it. Uh, that's fine. It's absolutely dreadful. The The cleverest thing I can say about the film is that its, its original title, before it was changed for the UK, was No Miss. And the reason no it's... No Miss? The reason it's No Miss is No Miss is Simon, backwards. There is a character in the film called Simon who has multiple personalities. So that this is, is like Split or something? It wants to be True Detective. That, that's oh, really Lord. what it wants to be. Can I tell you who's in this? Because this also ties into the existence of Serenity as well. Yeah. Weirdly. I'd love to know who's earned 50 grand for a week in Toronto on oh, this. Oh, <laughs> well, so, it's like Henry Cavill, Alexandra Daddario, Ben Kingsley. What? Yeah. Uh, Nathan Fillion. What? So Serenity Link. And he has no role. There's no role to speak of for him. Okay. And inexplicably, most of all, Stanley Tucci. No, Stanley, don't do it to yourself. Oh, the Tooch, man. What's he thinking? I know. Go back and be Emily Blunt's <laughs> brother-in-law and just, you know, enjoy that and then pick the better films. <laughs> uh, this is this is not only easily the worst film out this week. This is a genuine contender for one of the worst movies released theatrically this year. It is a shambles. This is the kind of thing, you know when Sky Cinema started their uh, one premiere a day thing? And they just started lobbing out some duff ones every, yeah. every time they need to. This is totally one of those. What was that film with Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway? That Serenity. Was... That was the other Serenity. The other Serenity. Yeah, okay. that's the bad Serenity. I like the good Serenity. Okay, fine. Okay. So, yeah. So, like, on that par? Oh, it, it's... Even worse? 
even worse than Serenity. Wow. Serenity was ambitious. Okay. This is decidedly not. This just feels like not so true detective. I mean, I think I'm going to know what your rating is for this, but mm. let's just ask you anyway. Massive two thumbs down. I'll tell you, <laughs> we've got just a few seconds on the clock, so I'm, I'm going to tell you about a okay. scene in this in which... And say, no scene makes any sense in relation to the next scene. It is Always a shambles. Good. There is a sequence in which Henry Cavill walks into an interrogation room in which the, the suspect is cowering in the corner. He takes his gun out of his holster, takes the clip out, puts the clip back in, cocks the gun, puts it on the table, crosses his arms, stares at the suspect, and then ten seconds later picks up the gun and says, good talk, and leaves. And I've never seen you so passionately mad at a movie in a long, long time. We want to give a shout out to our friends at Runway East where we record this show. They're on a mission to provide the world's best office space for startup teams and, well, they're doing pretty damn well at it. I'm partial to the roof garden myself. Uh, They're in London Bridge, Soho, Moorgate, very zen places to work. Give them a peep at runwayea.st. That's runwayea.st. Welcome back to off screen, and well, we've we've taken you to the multiplex, so let's go to uh, let's go to the small screen. Let's, let's go let's... straight to my sofa, shall we? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, so we've got the week's roundup of big movies that are out on the small screen for you, starting on Saturday night, um, five star, seven o'clock. Goosebumps. I love Goosebumps. You know what? I never read the books. I was more of a point horror girl. Yes, exactly the same. Thank you. Yeah. How, how have we not just been friends our entire life? I lives? know, but it also makes me think we're a little bit too old. Then we missed that. <laughs> we were we were in teenage years when Goosebumps came of out. Of course. The, the fun there of being that a point horror fan is we're still familiar with the work of R.L. Stein, which Goosebumps obviously yes. revolves around. He's literally a character in Yes, it. he is. So, and I have to say, Goosebumps for me, going to the cinema fresh, it's like one of those things, Like it's like Downton, isn't it? Mm. I was never really across the whole Goosebumps sort of reading franchise of this. And then you saw watching it, um, this, and I thought, do you know what? For a film that has to engage a younger audience, has to be not too scary, but have a horror element to it, it's a really good balance of that. I called it this generation's Jumanji and then 18 months later the same studio made a sequel to Jumanji <laughs> yeah but there was also a sequel to Goosebumps wasn't there as there well was, and it wasn't bad it wasn't as good as but yeah. it, was, it was decent it was yeah. pretty good so uh, the basic 10 second plot of Goosebumps uh, R.L. Stein wrote all the Goosebumps novels and it turns out that if you open his original books the actual come monsters come out what are you doing here? Go home! Not until you explain what's going on. I can't explain it. We were almost just eaten by Frosty the Snowman. So try! Okay, look! When I was younger, I created my own friends. Monsters. Demons. To terrorize my neighborhood and all the kids that made fun of me. And they became real to me. And then one day, they actually became... real. My monsters literally leapt off the page. As long as the books remain locked, we're safe. But when they open, well, you've just seen what happens. Well, I was a huge fan. I, I, th- I think Jack Black is actually brilliant in this. He it's, really it's, is. It's confirmation once and for all that for Jack Black to be truly successful, he needs to be in a supporting role. Also, how fun is that voice of his? Oh, yes. Oh, oh actually, that was a terrible impression of <laughs> let me, that. Let me tell you about Steve King. That, that's a better impression. <laughs> right, let's move on to Sunday because there is a movie that hits both of the top notes for both of us oh, yeah. from our teenage years. This is Cruel Intentions. Yes! Is on five star, 10, 10 p.m. on Sunday. I had the soundtrack to this. Oh, who didn't? Yeah, Ryan, like, the only song from Placebo that I really like. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm all about pure morning. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, Reese Witherspoon, 
Sarah Michelle Gellar, Ryan Philippe. This was the start of that kind of cool, sassy, teenage, you know, it, it fits into that, that Dawson's Creek era where they talk way too more intelligently for their actual age group. This was like <laughs> the dark cousin, wasn't it? Around yeah. that time that Dawson's Creek was all the rage. So this is effectively a dark Dawson's Creek era teen remake of Dangerous Liaisons or yes. Liaisons in Jaru. Um, <laughs> we, weird thing about this, Selma Blair is the oldest cast member when they're making this. She was like 24 or yeah, something, wasn't so it? Yeah. Um, it was uh, a massive role against hype for Sarah Michelle Geller, less so for Ryan Felipe. It is how Ryan Felipe met and married Reese Witherspoon. Like you say about the soundtrack, that soundtrack has actually outlasted the film in some cases. Yeah. It's become so iconic. And you look at the supporting cast on this. If you watch this film now, yes. oh my God. Yeah. Like Joshua Jackson's in there, Eric Maybe yeah. as Tara Reid. Just people who would go on in a matter of like two or three years to become quite big stars. Do you think that this is a film that a new generation of teens could watch and not feel is dated? They very nearly did. Ah. There was a series, a a sequel series planned to this about two years ago with Sarah Michelle Gellar returning. Oh. And the, the idea was that they were now the parents. Oh, good lord. Yes. And Peter Gallagher was cast as Ryan Felipe's dad, which is my favourite bit of casting yes! ever. Bring him back. It Sandy never Cohen. Oh, no. I know. <laughs> but, guys, look, this is, this is, if you haven't seen Cruel Intentions and you're at least our age, where the hell have you been I all your life? Um, but, yeah, it's a brilliant movie. Definitely worth a watch. Sunday night, yours is sorted with this. So, Monday, we're going for a bit more schlocky action. This is not a great movie, but you know, they can't all be winners. We have to find one thing for every day. So, Monday night, film four, 10 p.m., Arnold Schwarzenegger, The Last Stand. I haven't seen this. This is part of his comeback attempt that he tried after How, he which, left. Which the, comeback? At the post, <laughs> post-governator comeback. Oh, yes, yeah, so he did this and I think escape plan more or less back to back. In this one, he is the sheriff. He's he is. the sheriff of a small town. He is told that an escaped convict, a master cartel lord, has hijacked a supercar and is speeding towards the Mexican border through his town. So Arnie has to mount up with his band of merry misfits, which includes, incidentally, people like Louise Guzman and Johnny Knoxville, and fight an international cartel lord. It's about as naff as it sounds, but it's enjoyable enough at times. I, I thought it was like set in the 18th century or something like that when you <laughs> said he's the sheriff of a town and then you mentioned the word supercar. Where are we going with this? It's bonkers. It's on uh, Film 4, 10 o'clock on Monday. Sounds like a laugh. Speaking of a laugh, but for all the wrong reasons, though, Tuesday night, 5 Spike, 10pm, my favourite ever Jason Statham movie. Well, you got me with Jason Statham. Jason Statham, as a British copper who knows no limits, he's a rogue agent, he's a lone wolf, He's he's a bad boy who plays by his own rules, and he's hunting a serial killer played by Aidan Gillen with the... With the aid of a gay, bullied uh, police uh, partner played by Paddy Considine. Oh, yeah. He set fire to a police dog. You choked it. Somebody asked him why he did it. He said, practice. Well, that's it. Seriously, he's a nutter. If we pulled in every who said that, we'd be able to harass his suspects. What's his name? Well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. But I'm meeting a guy later who's going to get it from me. Don't bother. I'll go to the gym. Ask the manager. Do you see, I... Don't I get something? I'll let you the rest of my crisps, you greedy bugger. What more do you want? He's so good in it. 
I so love his fun. voice. And also with Aidan Gillen, all I can think of is Arabama Gold from this <laughs> is This is him in full psycho mode. He <gasps> is terrifyingly psychotic. Honestly, you will love Blitz. I've never known anyone watching. When is it set? Because again, by now? taking the time. To- oh, yeah. what? I'm hoping now? it's a 1940s war drama with the word Blitz. No, no. <laughs> the reason it's called Blitz is because his serial killer name is Blitz, as in Blitzkrieg. Love it. Yes. This also, Jason Statham, manliest man to ever rock a cardigan. Just putting it out there. Oh, you've not seen my husband wearing oh, a cardigan. Oh, no, no. No, shame. Does, does he have the shaved head and the, the prominent brow as well? Absolutely not. That's, <laughs> that's left for Jason. <laughs> so that is, that is Blitz, Five Spike, 10 o'clock on Tuesday. One that I will not be missing. <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, Wednesday, moving on. We've got Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Film for nine o'clock. Now, I think I might have seen this a few years ago. We were reviewing sort of t- together around that time. I, I think. know, maybe or so. I'm, I'm not sure. This was Zephron. Right. And Adam Devine, and they were two brothers who had to go to their sister's wedding, and they didn't have dates, and they wind up on TV, uh, ask, basically offering, looking for the perfect dates, who can just have a free holiday for this wedding in Hawaii. It's uh, very crass, and it's very, very vulgar. Hey, Mike. I was just talking to my new friend, Tatiana. Tatiana, this is my cousin, Mike. She knows who I am. She's my date. Why would someone this attractive ever be with you. Are you going to hit on my dad all weekend like bisexual Fonzie? I don't think it's going to take all weekend. <laughs> Am I right? So you guys are cousins? She's been jealous of me since I was a little kid. What could I possibly be jealous of? Your outfit looks like Jimmy Buffett's dust ruffle. Do you guys always do this? Okay, this is actually a very fashion forward outfit. No, you look like the wallpaper from a Long John Silver's bathroom. Cool. I'm going to hit the buffet now while you guys do whatever it is you're doing. So the, the dates, of course, become Anna Kendrick and Aubrey Plaza. Great and, cast. And they are not right in the head. Decidedly <laughs> not. Uh, brilliant little cameo from Kumail Nanjiani. Um, it's fun. It's, I, it's, it's not a great comedy, but it's a pretty amusing, interesting enough one. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I had a decent time with it. I like the uh, the reference of a bisexual Fonzie. <laughs> I mean, that, that's won me over already. I think that's hilarious. Um, okay, so that's on film for 9 o'clock on Wednesday. Thursday, we've mentioned Nicki Minaj before. There mm-hmm. is a film that is based on one of her <laughs> one of her top hits, or maybe it came out just a little bit before. It's Anaconda on the Horror Channel, 9 o'clock on Thursday. Uh, All I can see when I'm looking at our script and the rundown of this is to go, in my head, my Anaconda. <laughs> I love that you went to Nicki Minaj, and my thought is, oh, it's a J-Lo movie. Oh, yeah, okay. It's J-Lo, Ice Cube, Owen Wilson, John Voight, Jonathan Hyde, and Carrie Wurra. Of an anaconda, like this is like the biggest snake anyone in any planet will have ever seen. It is. <laughs> this became a franchise so ridiculous in director DVD circles that they even got a sequel starring David Hasselhoff. Wow. So I, I've watched this a couple of times. I quite liked it. I think it's silly nonsense, but come on, that's what like the 90s, early 2000s were all about. Right? Which does, does lead us into Friday as well. In one says silly nonsense. Yes. Which, of course, is something that is going to be required watching in about a week's time if you have any interest in seeing Rambo Last Blood. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. So, uh, Rambo from 2008, or as it was briefly titled, John Rambo, is the aged reboot or the Rocky Balboa, as it were, of the Rambo series in which an aging and retired Rambo is called back into service to rescue some some, uh, missionaries who are captured, some very naive missionaries who are captured in Burma. And... uh, it's not uh, it's not a wonderful movie, but it is absolutely carnage-filled. It's got some great Stallone lines, and it's got my personal favourite moment with Stallone and a bow and arrow and the words, Live for nothing, 
something. And it's brilliant, and I had such a ball with it. Also, proof eternal that if you want to make a trailer infinitely more badass, just add the song Bodies by Drowning Pool, which they did to this, and boy, does it sell a different film. So, Rambo, uh, 9 p.m. on the Sony channel on Friday night. What a great Friday night action. What a way to round up all the TV shows that you could watch, or TV movies, sorry, that you could watch this week. I mean, that is pretty impressive. On to the shiny disc formats now. That never really exist anymore. They don't really, <laughs> no. Uh, so we've got some, some interesting home releases, DVD, Blu-ray, on you know, VOD, Picky Poison, Sky Store, whatever you want, iTunes, I don't know, however you see your I'd films. say vi- video on demand, because then yeah. whatever platform you're going to be watching it on, you can get it. So on Monday, September the 16th, our three big new releases are... Pokemon Detective Pikachu, which I know you saw this. You had to have seen this. Well, I I actually really loved it. Of course you did. <laughs> You've got two eyes and a heart, don't you? I know, right? So uh, Detective Pikachu, Ryan Reynolds in this, and he... He is, I suppose, a, not a foul-mouthed talking Pikachu, but he kind of borders on it, isn't he? Gets there, doesn't he? Yeah. It is child-friendly Deadpool at times. It really is, and I think that is what Ryan Reynolds is nowadays. Mm. But it was more captivating as a movie than I ever thought it would be. I think because it played sort of like Roger Rabbit for anime. Yes, absolutely. And do you know what? Seeing places like they, they use London, they use the city in London really well throughout this and created like a metropolis where, where the uh, Pokemon live as one with humans and you could actually really see how that could work you can it's, it's actually almost plausible I mean they actually it's funny you say that about the design like London and things because there's a moment in it in which they walk they simply walk down the street and you notice that each block of this city is a different capital city from our world yeah so they walk through London, Paris and New York within the space of about 30 seconds yeah and you never question it it fits it looks wonderful I think Ryan Reynolds' performance is great as Pikachu I yeah. like uh, Justice Smith quite a bit as well yes Justice Smith is great in this I haven't really seen Justice Smith in any more movie kind of stuff since really not since he had come off of uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom yeah but to be honest I would have thought that he did really well in this mm. I would have thought it would have kind of picked up a bit more because the film itself did quite well and the thing is is that this for me is whether or not you're a Pokemon fan whether or not you've got kids and you're kind of bringing them into the kind of realm of Pokemon and thinking well is this going to be as good for me as it is for them yes would be my, my answer to Funny that when you say that because the screening I went to for this I, t- I took Calvin along with me oh, yeah. and he's he's Pokemon super fanatic I know nothing of Pokemon we sat there we watched this film he was falling out of his chair with laughter and I was not far behind him it actually played equally well to both of us he didn't have to explain anything to me the film did an awful lot of that for me and as the non-fan I'd say we we both enjoyed it in pretty equal measures that's brilliant and now you guys can enjoy that from the comfort of your own homes yay look at that tie right there right let's move on we've got Kursk the last mission so Matty Shoes which automatically always sells me a movie Matthias Schoenart and Colin Firth in a movie movie about oh. the Kursk submarine disaster. Uh, not a great one, if oh. we're honest. A bit drawn out. Uh, I mean, the problem is that most of us know the story of the Kursk. And if you know the story of the Kursk, this film literally adds nothing to that. Okay. Uh, it, and it's not even a particularly showy uh, film for the performances. It doesn't really... It's very procedural. It doesn't give them much to do. For the idea that there are, you know, men trapped in a, in a, in a submarine chamber that's filling up with water, they could be dead in an hour... 
it doesn't There's mind. no urgency. There's no urgency to that. It's very strange. Maybe it's because you know the ending, but it just doesn't quite work. But you know what? It doesn't really float your submarine boat. It doesn't float my boat. <laughs> Frank, it's about as effective as a screen door in a submarine. Oh, nice. Thank okay, you, we probably you. should stop whilst we're, on a, whilst we're on a roll there. Okay, so that is Kursk, the last mission. And then we've got, and I, this is confession time for me. Go on. I have never, ever seen a John Wick movie. No! Because... Really? Yeah, so I've not been here when it's kind of hit the cinemas yeah. or for me to review it. I've always coincidentally been away. And I don't want... Like, with all the hype of John Wick 3, mm. I was like, I need to go and watch John Wick 1 first. It basically but I hadn't got around to doing it. Basically, the, the way this trilogy works, it's brilliant, pretty decent, brilliant. Okay, that's yeah, good to know. That, that's it. I might make that my weekend mission to go and do that. Oh, that yeah, God, you I love mean, it. I the the what is it? The Keanu Reeves Renaissance. Renaissance. Keanu Reeves. That's yeah. it. I love this. I mean, come on, who doesn't love Keanu Reeves? And it's if he's so good yeah, I know. And I love the news that you know they're doing a new Matrix, and it's all. I mean, yeah, the fangirl in me is very excited, and I feel like I'm blaspheming by never having seen this movie. Oh. But if you have seen this. It's out on DVD and Blu-ray on uh, from Monday. It is John Wick Chapter Three Parabellum. Now you said brilliant, not so good. Uh, well, okay, and then back up to brilliant again. Back up to brilliant, yeah. and this isn't even the end of it. We're getting a fourth one, and uh, I can only hope that uh, certain new characters, as we'll demonstrate in a moment, will uh, will return. People like uh, Halle Berry and uh, Asia Kate Dillon. <laughs> Sophia, don't. You shot my dog. I get it. We gotta go. Now. I mean, they have action sequences with dogs in this one. Murderous dogs. There's like very little dialogue there. Doesn't really need to be. No, I know. Was that Harry Belly? Uh, Harry Belly. (laughs) Harry (laughs) Belly. Harry Belly. (laughs) Halle Berry. That was Halle Berry shooting Jerome Flynn through the groin. Jerome Flynn, as yeah, in, as wow. in Robson and Jerome, Game of Thrones, oh, Bron l- of the Blackwater, yeah, wowzers. Okay, all right, and I mean, you know, this this Keanu Reeves thing, I'm all down for it. I, it's just a matter of time. I've just got to get my backside on my sofa, watch him in a like trilogy, and then I'll be up to speed. Has uh, Tom seen him? Has Tom seen him uh, as well? No. Oh god. Okay, right. The pair of you need to sit and watch them together. Date night. Oh, wow. (laughs) Like I say, the second one disappoints a little. I think because it's a little bit too convoluted. But the action is always amazing. To be fair, to be fair, Tom Tom always says to me, I don't know what movies I can watch because you've seen them all. And now I can say, well, I haven't seen these. Uh, So moving over to streaming them for this next week. Sunday the 15th. I'm so weirdly excited about this. So Mm. this show, or documentary, shall we say, was on a random channel... Uh, and it, uh, we couldn't get easy access to it. I, you couldn't watch it back or anything like that. You had to kind of catch it when it was like old school TV watching. I know. Um, but now it's on Netflix from Sunday, and it's it's quite it's quite an interesting one. It's Surviving R. Kelly, which basically takes the form of a six hour six part documentary series. But the news that broke yeah. about this was that this is like uncovering so much dirt on him. They have said that they are doing a second one of these because so much has come to light since the first documentary and there's been so much movement in in legal circles surrounding Kelly since. I mean, think about the Gail King interview and things like that. Mm. There's been so much to add that they've now basically got a second series worth of material out of just the fallout 
from the release of this documentary. But you know what? It's like it's, it, I feel like it's like Finding Neverland, mm. right? So it's got that kind of feel to it. You, this is someone who was loved a huge audience oh, for yeah. him he's then got this dark side that has come to light as well and it's just and it's always kind of haunted him throughout but now it's kind of being cemented as absolutely true he was always denying all of the oh kind god of, yeah there's yeah. A, a new Dave Chappelle stand up out in a minute called Sticks and Stones on Netflix uh, there's some controversy around it regarding some of the things he's made but something that no one seems to have mentioned about it is there's a prolonged uh, bit in it in which he talks about being approached to be involved with this documentary wow. and despite the the fact that he's never met R. Kelly. What? His entire qualification of being approached for this documentary uh, was because of the skits he did about R. Kelly and the P-tape in the late 90s, early 2000s. That is fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I do think that Dave Chappelle stand-up is worth watching, but if you take the offensive stuff in the context it's meant to, I actually don't think it's that bad, but... Yeah, I think uh, I think with this, I think you've got to go and look at it as if you love watching documentaries. I absolutely do. If they're done really well, then and Netflix do do them really well, then you're going to be intrigued to see what all the the fusses about the whole kind of R. Kelly stuff over the years. If you're a fan of his music, you might be destroyed by this <laughs> um, but yeah it's like c- trying to uncover the truth as to what really is going on and I'm, I'm I for one I'm definitely going to be watching you're this you're going to feel physically sick very often trust me great uh, so uh, <laughs> one last thing because I'm quite looking forward to this on Friday September the 20th long awaited in certain cult circles film continuation uh, feature film spin-off of the Zach Galifianakis web series Between Two Ferns in which Zach Galifianakis uh, literally did a cheaply made chat show in which he would interview a celebrity between two potted ferns and like the set would fall down and things like that. And it was always played for laughs. It was always okay. him taking the mic. There's now a film spin-off in which he, he just goes and gets more interviews and things like that. The trailer's out there. It looks really funny. Okay. And I'm not Zach Galifianakis guy. To no, me. but I now you say about the web series, mm. I think I might have stumbled across it a couple you of times. You will very famously interviewed uh, Justin Bieber on it. That was one. Yes, yeah. I think that's it. I just sort of caught it. We've got you know newsworthy. And You'll then... have seen memes. I've seen memes. You've seen memes. <laughs> Memeage. Memeage will be spotted. It's always worth doing. <laughs> well, there you go. That is on Netflix from from Friday, September the twentieth. So you've got loads of stuff coming out on streaming. Loads oh, yeah. of stuff coming out on video on demand, DVD, Blu-ray, however you like to watch from the comfort of your own home. I mean, this has been for me a surprising week in movies. It's been a good week, isn't it? Yeah, I thought it was a bit of a, a downton week. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know oh. why I did that. Um, actually, a co-host of mine um, on a radio show this morning she was re- she went back over what was coming out this week and mm. she called it downtown my grandmother <laughs> did my grandmother would always call it uh downtown yeah uh, and then I was like, again, that's a very different movie i think she also <laughs> used to call it ncsi so she thought that ncis was part of the csi universe weird thing really weird, weird thing. thing but guys i hope you've enjoyed our little rundown of what's going on this week and all the impressions that we seem to have put towards <laughs> thing, all of that we've got next week we've got ad astra we've got the kitchen as well coming out next week we've got the farewell we've got the farewell week. yep you're going off to see that one um and we've got loads more movies to talk about on the big and small screen so make sure you stay tuned here to off screen i've been back to perfect i've been back connor and we'll see you next week <laughs>